Hi everybody, it's Jack Mitchell, and I'm here again for SBO Perspectives. Uh, this now is the 14th episode, and I can tell you that every time I tell everybody, I'm excited, I'm excited, I'm excited. This is like none other, and each week I have more fun, it gets more and more like, um, I want to say, new. there are a lot of new features coming in, there are a lot of new folks, um, and I just kind of feel like this is just pushing me each week to get better and better at it, to go further in the podcast. And just, uh, you know, like I said, in the beginning, it was just more so me connecting to folks and just having that that moment to, to you know, during the pandemic, get through it. But it's really become bigger than that. So um, I, I do want to say at the end of the episode, I'm going to give some numbers out there because um, it's important that you guys know the, the top episodes and the viewing and just know what's going on. So. Um, but with that, I have, like I said, an exciting episode coming up. Um, I have two people, believe it or not. And so it's the first time that I've ever had two people at once. Um, I think it's going to be a great, a different type of segment, um, which you'll see the importance and how it helps SBOs. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and introduce both of them now. Um, so first person I'll start with. She has been, well, first of all, I've known her since 2013. Um, she was a partner for my district. Um, and I mean, excellent. I mean, the service, impeccable, the follow-ups, everything like that. Um, just good people as well. She's so eight years in the government banking. Uh, she's vice president. Okay. Um, and actually, and a tidbit here is that she's actually working toward her SDBL. Um, and, and so, like, with that, I know the pandemic may have slowed it up a little bit, you know, but um, she's working to be one of the great ones like us one day. So this is great. This is a different dynamic here. So this is more like with partnerships uh, for this episode. And the other person, um, she calls herself the baby of the industry. And she does. She has a baby face. I got to say that. But, you know, she's... She's assistant vice president, um, and she's been doing banking through various different roles about about the same time frame, about eight years as well, um, and then maybe the last several years she's doing government banking as well. There were two different companies. Um, you know, I, I always kind of like put out there that you know I'm always one. You know, I'm uh, like like an open person, and you know, with me, I don't I don't currently work with them. Um, they're great people. I know that. Um, you know. So one's with Flushing Bank, other ones with Capital One, and both superior, like I said, service, because that's what it really boils down to. And that's why I want to do a partnership episode, you know, because you can pretty much go anywhere. But um, I currently don't work with them. I worked with them in the past. And so they actually, I think, both worked at Flushing together for for a little period of time. Oh, and I do want to mention that they are both Hofstra grads. So I looked this up actually uh, for the introduction. Um, Hasha has the lion and lioness. Kate and Willie Pride are like the uh, the mascots. They're like they're like the only one of the only universities has two mascots. But that's kind of cute. Is is a is a him and a her. But um, they both did cheer and dance respectively in the order that I introduced them. So first person I want to introduce is Isabella Miller, and second one is Daniel Bredo. How you doing, ladies? Hey. hey! Wow, that was that was a nice hey right there. <laughs> We're gonna have thanks fun on this podcast. Jack. We're super excited to be a part of it. Yeah, Jack, thanks so much for this opportunity. This is Isabella. Um, 
honestly, this is the first podcast I have ever been a part of. So I'm like super excited, a little nervous, but ah, I think come on. with the three of us, we're <laughs> going to have a great podcast. Awesome stuff. I love it. Yeah, we definitely are. Um, and so I'm going to get things um, rolling with the questions here. So, you know, again, great, strong partners, vital to the business. So in what ways has, and you both can answer together separately, whatever you like, um, in what ways has your banking partner, you know, helped? your vital functioning during the pandemic? Yeah, so I'll, I'll start off. Um, so firstly, um, I really just wanted to check in on everyone um, just to see how they were doing personally and at work. Because um, this pandemic was obviously a, like an unprecedented times for all of us. And I wanted to be able to communicate with the clients that they were still in good hands and that I would still be here to walk through them, walk through this whole process with them mm-hmm. to just ensure that they can stay fully functioning. No, I yeah, hear you. So, yeah. Uh, this is Danielle now, and I couldn't agree more that communication, I think, really just helps both us and our customers just get through this unprecedented time. You know, our top priority during this pandemic is and you know, was and still is the safety and well-being of both our customers and, you know, the bank employees as well. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, something that we did was we either closed branches temporarily or mm-hmm. shifted towards appointment-only banking at our branches during this time period. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we also assisted our customers using our digital banking services, you know, the online banking, the remote deposit capture, and other remote services. Mm-hmm. And this modern way of banking, you know, allows them to be fully functioning during this pandemic while keeping both the school business officials and our employees safe, which, you know, safety is number one priority during yeah. the pandemic. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's like, that. so that sounds like maybe in the early stages, like, what, what are you doing now? Has what, What's shifted as far as, like, you know, you helping out with the vital functioning of the business office? You know, it's all just about, like, the electronic banking, shifting the customers okay. onto our remote services is definitely, you know, a mm-hmm. number one priority during this time. Okay. Um, I personally don't think that the industry has changed much in regards to the products and services that are being offered. All right. Uh, you know, these electronic banking services were available way before the beginning of this pandemic. What I see as the major change that occurred from this pandemic is actually the urgency and the willingness of our customer base to utilize these digital resources hmm. and shift their banking towards the modern way of doing things, which, you know, in the past was not really a priority of our customer base. So yeah. Kind of, you know, help shift towards modern, modernized banking. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with that. Like when the pandemic started, it was mm-hmm. like, a switch went off. Like instead mm. of me reaching out to my clients and being like, "Hey, these are great products. These are great services," they were coming to They're me. It was you. like, yeah. <laughs> it was rapid fire. It was like, we can't get into our office. What can we do? Like, have please help us. Like, what can we do? And I gotta say, like, at least twenty five percent of my clients, I moved over to virtual electronic banking, like where they never had to step foot into the branch at all, and they still don't have to. Wow, um, that's right. Yeah, we need them to, to scanning checks, and we have um, express deposit or mm-hmm. like farmer's courier or, or just any courier service. Um, so I definitely saw like what Danielle would say, that urgency. Um, and we were able to get everyone basically on board within like two weeks. Yeah, 
Yeah, he's like wow. That's really, really great. Um, and you know, I, I got to see myself. Um, we, we did some shifts like that. We also um, started out to do ACH payments to our vendors because um, in the process of actually coming in, having the claims, um, we worked out with our claims as far as like you know the approval process for our warrants. Um, it's just now we we started it, but now there's certain things we have to do that kind of like are duplicative. So we're working with finance manager now to do a special write up um, within their software to make it even more easier for for ACH payments. So hoping that goes goes well. So I guess I mean. Yeah. And Jack, if I can cut in for a second. Sure, yeah. Um, you know, switching to, you know, online payments and the use of ACH mm-hmm. and wires, I think, you know, really showed importance during this because we all sort the postal service really slowed down during this time yes, frame. Yes, exactly. It, you know, mailing checks, things were yes. getting late and getting lost. Yep, you know, that's why I did it. Yeah. Showed, you know, using those services not only is beneficial from, you know, the quickness and efficiency of it, but also the safety of your payments. Yeah, not to mention that once those vendors receive those checks, they got to go to their branch themselves and deposit them. Yeah. So if those branches are closed or they don't feel safe, mm-hmm. like it's a two-step process now. You know, yeah. you got to write checks and now they got to go deposit it. So and, and, it and you didn't mention it, it's security too. And, and knowing that they got the, the check, right? You can see exactly when and knowing that, you know, it doesn't, there's no fraud involved. So I really, I'm appreciating the ACH. You know, it's it's just not easy to roll out for everybody. So we did a batch, we did a little bit more and we're, we're growing with it, but that's great. Um, but what do you think, I guess, you, you talked about the changes in the, in the industry. I mean, you know, what you've done. Well, what do you think has changed the most right now with the industry? Yeah, so it, it's, it's really, let's think about the future here, right? And yep. these are hypothetical questions. You can answer them. You don't have to answer them. But really, my questions are like, how many people do you know, even if it's yourself, that have children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, that's ever even stepped foot inside a branch? I mean, do they even know how to write a physical check? Why um, not? Like, no. I'm asking these questions because the future lies within that next generation, and there yeah. is a need to modernize. I mean, it's about mobile banking, direct mm-hmm. deposits, electronic payments, and I mean, let's talk about this: pre-ordering your coffee online. I mean, who doesn't do that, right? Like, you we're even making payments online to just pick up Starbucks, you know? Yeah. So yeah, there's you know that that's not you know checks and 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 all that like going to the branch and getting cash and depositing cash like. Do you really think there's going to be a need for a physical brick and mortar bank for the next generation? No, but I can tell you there will be a physical need for everybody to gather with Aswell again in the future. And I have to bring this up. This is not a question. This is me, my statement saying that, like, that's what I miss. You know, us, we have that relationship, um, you know, not just with you two ladies, but just across the board. SBOs and vendors, and it's a great synergy that we have, and we're all working for the better good of our districts, right? At the end of the day, and that's what that, that's what the beauty is of everything. So, awesome stuff. So, my next question. It's got a couple more questions here. We're doing good on time. I think we're like, yeah. All right. Hey, so, Jack, um, what's up? Just, could we just go back to that question for yeah, a minute? We just want to add another little point. Oh yeah, for sure. In there. Yeah. Um, because you know we. 100% feel that the future is electronic, mm-hmm. specifically banking, because, yep. you know, we love banking, the two of us. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But as I'm sure you can relate to, Jack, um, the school districts, at least currently, will always have a need for cash and checks. That's just yeah. part of the school district's day-to-day banking. And it's going to take a lot more than this current global pandemic to change that for the school districts to reach the you know total electronic environment that we're seeing in our future. Um, so yeah. I did just want to point out that banks do currently offer products and services such as courier services, remote deposit capture, mm. etc., that can actually service the cash and check needs of the school districts without requiring, you know, a branch visit or even leaving your desk. Yeah, nice. she's right. I mean, I, I get that all the time from clients. They're like, no, there is still a need for cash and checks. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, it's yeah. true. Yeah, I mean, you got your school lunch yeah, fund. And... a little slower than the rest of the world, and we totally appreciate and respect that. So Yeah. Um, no, I get that. I mean, you know, there's some folks who just old school. I love them too, right? You know, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, like you said, they still have their methods and, and go about you need to checks and cash. So, so cool, cool. Um, so, I guess we're talking about the future so much. Um, my my next question actually is like, how would you two be looking into ways, you know, to shape the future? And maybe create an even more efficient environment, whether or not there's a pandemic. Because the pandemic, hopefully one day, will be over soon, but it will be over at some point. So, um, you know, just like w- what are the, the future things that, you know, I guess to make it more efficient environment? Yeah. Um, so this is Isabella again. Um, I have I have like two pieces of advice here. Okay. So my first piece of advice for the business officials and anyone really in the business office because sometimes it's not the business official that does the day-to-day you know like sometimes you have to listen to the people that are within your department that do the same thing every day in and out and maybe they are thinking like we can make this easier we can make this more efficient so you want to really question your department's processes no matter how uncomfortable you're gonna you might feel about changing something Mm -hmm. um because I feel like a lot of business leaders, they, they like, they'll fear the change. But the truth is that it needs to start now before the world moves too fast. Because you're going to be forever playing catch up. I, I have um, some clients that are calling me with this like urgent need for virtual payment or credit card because their vendors are no longer taking checks. Like it's off the table. They need an electronic form of payment. Um, yeah. And I feel like if that's something that your department needs like you got it you have to jump on it Mm -hmm. the second piece of advice would be to just ask yourself like where are the pain points in our processes right now in our department and how can they be resolved you you're not going to know how it could be resolved but you could always reach out to your banker and i guarantee they have something um, and it doesn't have to be like a short term goal either. Like it could be something that you see down the line in a year, two, five years, you know, some things take time, but a lot of the times, um, if you invest that time, you'll see that there are opportunities where you can reduce your costs and increase efficiencies at the same time. Nice. So those are my two pieces of advice. Yeah. Thank my, you. That's great. Okay, then. My advice is, you know, somewhat similar. I would advise to you know look at your current setups and see where it can be more efficient both from a monetary standpoint and a time standpoint with the current economic environment every opportunity to earn additional revenue or reduce your expenses is extremely vital Mm -hmm. and to isabella's point why miss out on additional monetary revenue 
and the opportunity to decrease time spent on banking just to stay with, you know, your local brick and mortar branch around the corner that you don't really need, but are just so used to having the thought of swaying is, you know, stopping you from moving forward. Yeah. By embracing that modernization of banking and utilizing the available digital services, mm-hmm. school business officials can actually cut their time spent on banking and utilize that valuable time elsewhere. And I know, Jack, you know, a school business time, official time is extremely valuable. You guys are always yeah, running around, which weighs up so much on your plate. Yeah, yeah especially during budget season. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right now. I tell you, and we just got hit with a monkey wrench too, um, with the state aid. I don't know if you've heard, but Whoa. but the state, state aid number you. has ballooned. We've gotten so much foundation aid, and now UPK. I um, actually went on a couple calls about it, which I'll probably mention too. But I'll, I'll get to the last question, um, you know, real quick. I want to, um, you know, just uh, any other podcast have anybody who's on for all of our listeners, just you know provide any type of advice you know that you can give the school business officials and even i guess our audience out there the audience is growing and um you know like just our conversation was great you know like i picked up a lot of points on you know the, the changes and the futures in banking and it's just great you know that everyone can go out and build and and do that for the districts but now what advice would you give the sbl yeah so um i think i gave my like professional um banking advice but like, I'm just going to give some personal advice. Like, okay, this that's good. pandemic has, if, if it's done anything good, it's made me realize to slow down, appreciate life, mm-hmm. family, health. Yeah. That those things are important, you know? The fact that I've been able to work from home and um, still be profitable and still be productive, mm-hmm. but still enjoy the, the company of my child, like, those things are things worth embracing and I gotta tell you like before this pandemic my life was in fast forward and there are things right now that I'm enjoying and I hope that after this pandemic I continue to hold on to that and um just like really realize that you know work life balance is very important Mm-hmm. And you can still be super mom and you can still be super vice president of the bank. You know, like it's yeah. possible to do both. Absolutely. You know, it was just women's month. Last month I had some amazing women talk about that stuff. So it's good to hear you say that too. Um, even even from the banking side as well. Uh, and Danny, you want to add? Yeah. Um, I mean, similar to what Isabella was saying, I really feel like this pandemic kind of just taught me both personally and professionally just to keep an open mind to things. You know, before the pandemic, you know, we were all running around at work speed, doing our day-to-day, you know, going through day-to-day life, not even realizing what we were doing half the time because our bodies were just so used to going through the process. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this change really just taught us that things don't need to be the same way every day. I can be open to other situations. This is a possibility to do something differently. And, you know, that goes both in your personal life and your, your work environment. So I think just like being open to new opportunities and new challenges and possibilities really just, you know, you can never go wrong with trying anything. And yeah, for sure. Wow. Wow. I can't believe it. I had Izzy, a.k.a. Isabella Miller, Danny, a.k.a. <laughs> on here. And um, I got to tell you, this is a great, great podcast. Um, and I guess you, you two, you, your responses were so in sync and in rhythm. I'm going to say. 
we, we were twinning. You guys are twinning today. <laughs> and that's and that's what it's about. So um at this point I actually wanna I did say I wanna say something about the state aid. Um those folks out there, there are a great amount of resources. Today I actually went on a um a webinar with um Anthony Kishar. I mean great information. Uh we reach out to him if, if you um um are, are wondering like what the state aid impact means with all this money. Um I personally, you know, my, my district uh, with the infusion of money, you know, we we're looking to um, to reduce um, our appropriated fund balance uh, to absorb a lot of that uh, because we know that there could be still some hiccups in the road down the line. And um, I know for some folks are looking to give back as well as um, with the tax cap. But you know, at the end of the day, you always remember that what you give now, if you don't go to limit, you never get back in the future. So um, keep those things in mind. But other than that, um, anybody has questions, SBO perspectives. Uh, gmail.com if you have any questions like I said about um, what's been on this podcast or prior podcast or anything in general and um, having said that this is Jack Mitchell SPO Perspectives signing off I'll see you next week <laughs>